from the WCWS HQ in Trinity, North Carolina. It is episode number 313 of the second installment of the WCWS Radio Network right here, of course, on TalkShoe.com. This is, of course, the one and the only NWO Wolfpack. Ladies and gentlemen, coming at you from the HQ here tonight is, of course, Mr. WCWS Chad Henshaw here with you as we get set, as always, to talk about our favorite subject of all time. That being, of course, professional wrestling. We, of course, will start things off with our wrestling news and views here segment. Of course, filling in for our 2017 Hall of Fame news tag team, King Ice, who is, of course, King NWO, Gerard T. Smith, and the Iceman, Jared D. Geralmo, are, of course, our friends from 411mania.com. We have not heard anything as of yet from the human suplex machine, John Gross. So in the event that he does not pop up by the time we get done with our news stories here tonight, I will be, of course, bringing you your wrestling and pop culture history and birthdays here as well. Also, the soul man, Justin Lewis Fleming, will also be bringing those here to you, of course, at the end of our broadcast tonight. <clears throat> but if you wish to chime in on anything and everything that we have to talk about here this evening, please feel free, of course, to give us a call. The phone number, as always is 1-605-562-0444, caller ID 138-521-POUND, and press that one if you want to chime in on anything and everything that we have to talk about here this evening. Of course, in addition to our news and views and history and birthdays, <coughs> of course, ladies and gentlemen, we'll talk about, of course, the results of what happened last night with uh, uh, Fighter Fest Part 2, of course, 
that edition of AEW Dynamite. We will also, of course, talk about any results that we have coming in as far as tonight's edition of Impact Wrestling. Also, of course, we hope to hear from some other folks here as well as they give their take on a lot of other stories making the rounds here in the world of wrestling, sports, and everything else, of course, in between. (coughs) And also, ladies and gentlemen, we'll give you one final update, ladies and gentlemen, about uh, as far as, of course, the poll matches that we set up, of course, as a result of the Money in the Bank Prediction title challenge. Uh, We'll let you know where we still stand with that. And then so because, you know, tomorrow we'll be, of course, announcing the winners of those championship matches, as well as, of course, ladies and gentlemen, we will also find out who will face the human suplex machine, John Gross, for the NXT US Million Dollar Championship, of course, between JD, uh, uh, the Soul Man, Justin Lewis Fleming, and also the King of Clubs, Mitt Patel. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I do see here it is 9.08 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, forgive me from the way that I sound, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I'm not sure what is going, going on. Um, obviously, of course, I'm, I don't really deal that well with the hot weather that, of course, has plagued my portion of, of the state. And obviously, of course, <clears throat> I've been trying to, of course, here cool off here prior to coming on the show here tonight. Uh, some part of it has worked, but the rest of it here, if I do not talk as much to, this evening, um, I will humbly apologize here for this. <clears throat> and of course, also, if we also have to end tonight's episode of Wolfpack due to this, we will, of course, keep you informed here as well. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, 9.09 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursday, July 22nd, 2021. Let us now proceed directly to 411mania.com to check out, of course, the latest wrestling news stories that they have posted. Of course, we do thank our friends at 411mania for allowing us here in the WCWS radio network uh, to read their stories on all of our shows, of course, in addition to right here on Wolfpack, of course, uh, Revolution, as well as Raw Radio, Outside the Ropes, Power Hour, WCWS This Morning as well as, of course, Wrestling Revisited, Wrestling Debate, as well as Sports Machine. And hopefully in the second half of 2021, we'll be able to incorporate that into some more of our shows once we get them back up on the air. <clears throat> our first story uh, <clears throat> our first story comes uh, uh, tonight comes in from Jeremy Thomas as TNT hypes the AEW Fighter Fest Night 2's ratings. AEW had a good had good rating numbers for this week's Fighter Fest Night 2 episode of Dynamite, and T- TNT issued a press release hyping the ratings. As reported earlier, the show did a 0.44 rating in the 1849 demographic and 1.148 million viewers. Here is the press release via of TNT. TNT's AEW Dynamite continues domination on as Wednesday's number one cable program in the 1849 demographic for the second week in a row. Here are some highlights. AEW Dynamite, uh, <coughs> 575,000 uh, <coughs> for, uh, for the 1849 demographic, 150,000 for the uh, age bracket between 18 and 34, and 1. Uh, 1.15 million for uh, 
for, of course, like I said, uh, the uh, for the younger demographic, of course, as well. Of course, week 93 of AEW was up 11% versus last week. Year to date, AEW Dynamite is up plus, uh, is up plus 5% in 18 to 49 and 3% in total viewers. Night 2 of, of Fighter Fest was the strongest premiere for AEW this year in 18 to 49. Both nights of Fighter Fest were up significantly versus last year, uh, plus 48% in both 18 to 49 and total viewers. Both nights of Fighter Fest 2021 were the number one cable program of the day. Night two of Fighter Fest featured AEW Women's World Champion Dr. Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose, a Texas death match with IWGP US Champion John Moxley taking on Lance Archer, Chris Jericho taking on Sean Spears, Orange Cassidy taking on The Blade, and Frankie Gazarian taking on Doc Gallows. So there you have it right there, folks. Uh, very unique numbers, of course, here indeed. Of course, I'm sure the executives at TNT, of course, are all smiles here tonight. Our next story here, Jeremy Thomas posted this story as W. Morrissey, of course, you know, his big cast, reveals how long he is signed with Impact, and so far he is enjoying his run there. W. Morrissey has been wreaking havoc in Impact Wrestling, and he discussed how long he's currently signed for in a new interview uh, Morrissey, also known as Kaz XL, appeared on Sean Waltman's Pro Wrestling for Life. And, of course, here are some highlights right here per Wrestling Inc. On the last episode of Pro Wrestling for Life, two-time WWE Hall of Famer Sean x Waltman sat down with Kaz XL, of course, also known as Big Kaz. Uh, Kaz made his Impact debut at Rebellion in April of this year, and he spoke on how his time and impact has been so far. On his experience in Impact thus far, Morrissey says, I'm with Impact now, just wrestled Eddie Edwards on Saturday at anniversary, beating 1-2-3 and looking forward to some more matches with him, Eddie Edwards, and, and I'm looking forward to the <clears throat> with Eddie Edwards, and I'm looking forward to the rest of my time with Impact, however long that may be, I don't know how long that will be, that's on them and that's on me, right now I'm very happy in Impact, they have great talent, a great locker room, everybody's awesome, everybody's treated well, it's just a really great place to be, man. I really enjoy going to work when I fly to Nashville. When I go to Impact, I feel like maybe some of the wisdom I gained in the past few years in recovery is going to suit me well in the future with wrestling. I personally deep down believe that I have a bright future in professional wrestling, and I think that's really what matters the most. If I truly in my heart believe it, and I can tell you what, I 100% believe that I have a very, very bright future in professional wrestling. On if he is currently signed to a contract, Morrissey says, I wasn't at first, but I am signed with Impact until Bound for Glory. But things could change, of course, tomorrow. We'll see. We're kind of going on a field basis. They brought me in, and I'm not stupid. I understand that I, I am a high risk at first because they don't know what they're getting. We've gone taping by taping, and I guess finally they're like, we'll sign you up until Bound for Glory. And that was cool to me because I'm not interested in signing anything super long-term right now. It worked out perfectly. So I'm there until October as of right now. You can also, of course, go on here uh, to uh, Apple Podcasts, of course, and find that interview that X-Pac did, of course, do with, uh, with of course, W. Morrissey, Kaz XL, whichever, whoever, whatever you want to call him, of course. But a great wrestler, of course, nonetheless. 
our next story here, folks. Jeremy Thomas posted this story as Vince McMahon, Triple H, Nick Khan, and more actually sell some WWE stock. Vince McMahon, Triple H, Nick Khan, and other WWE executives have sold a bit of their WWE stock. FIFO reports that the following executives sold different amounts of their stock price at $48.68. Here's the rundown. First off, Vince McMahon, 17,465 shares, which is $850,196. Bradley Bloom, the Executive Vice President of Operations, 3,558 shares. He, of course, uh, came out with 173,203. Kevin Douchebag Dunn, 14,404 shares. Uh, he came out with 701,198 sold 1,233 shares and earned her $60,022. The company also announced their quarterly dividend as follows. WWE announced as board of directors today declared that the company's regular quarterly dividend of 0.12 cents per share for all Class A and B shares of common stock. The record date for the dividend will be September 15th of this year, and the payment date will be September 27th of this year so of course they're just getting they're just becoming more and more fat cats here folks so 411 mania is also providing live coverage tonight of of tonight's edition of impact wrestling so if you want to check that out go to for, come to 411mania.com and check out of course what they are having to say about tonight's show <coughs> Jeremy Thomas posted this story today as a pure title match and more has officially been announced for Ring of Honor, Glory by Honor, Night 1. ROH has added a pure championship match for Night 1 of Glory by Honor. The company announced that Jonathan Gresham will defend his championship against Rhett Titus, while Violence Unlimited, who is Brody King, Tony Deppin, Chris Dickinson, and Homicide will take on Live Faction in Garner Bowl who is Rush, Dragon Lee, Kenny King, and Vesta Del Ring. Ring of Honor, Glory by Honor, uh, Night 1 takes place on August 20th. The updated lineup for the full two-night show is as follows. Night 1, as we said, the ROH World Title Match, Bandito takes on Cliff Gordon. The ROH Pure Championship Match, Jonathan Gresham takes on Red Titus. Violence Unlimited will take on La Faction and Goner Bowl. And Night 2, of course, the events will air live on Honor Club. Of course, here are the updated cards. Of course, night one, a steel cage match. Matt Taven will take on Vincent. Taven's future ROH world title shot is on the line. And also, Mexi Squad will take on La Faction and Gonar Bowl. Our next story here, folks. Jeffrey Harris posted this story today. It's apparently, it seems to be an update here, but let's try to find the original story. 
uh, the original story, of course, it is official that Thunder Rosa is now officially all elite. AEW officially announced today that the company has signed Thunder Rosa. Rosa debuted in AEW in August of last year. She's been a regular on AEW programming since that time, but it appears that she was not signed to an actual contract until now. Of course, you can see AEW's announcement tweet on the news right here. The announcement comes just in time for the Wrestling Stars' 35th birthday, which, of course, obviously is today. Of course, AEW posted on their Twitter account, welcome to the team, at ThunderRosa22 is hashtag all elite. Here is, of course, the update for that. A new report has some additional details on how Thunder Rosa's signing with AEW came about. Typo Select reports that Rosa's NWA contract ran through the summer and that AEW orchestrated a buyout of her deal. Sources in the NWA said that Rosa had asked for her release last year but had been denied. The site adds that AEW and Tony Khan in particular are very careful about avoiding contact tampering and made sure everything was on the up and up for obviously before they did it. So it is official. Thunder Rosa is now officially part of AEW. That's an excellent, of course, uh, addition to the locker room there. Indeed. Jeremy Thomas posted this story today as Mojo Raleigh talks about his role in the movie Snake Eyes and looking forward to life after WWE. Former Mojo Raleigh is appearing on this weekend's new film, Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins, and he recently discussed his work on the film and more. Dean Muhadi, of course, that's his real name, spoke with Wrestling Inc., and here are some highlights. On being contacted, contacted through WWE to appear in the film, Mojo says, talk about a surprise. I was so hyped up. It was just an, such an amazing opportunity. I jumped all over it. No questions. There weren't many wrestlers on the roster at the time that had the movie experience. It was also supposed to be confidential initially. They wanted to keep it as a surprise to the wrestling universe until the last minute. Everyone didn't find out until that second trailer aired, so I really couldn't ask anybody for advice. There wasn't much time, so I kind of came into this cold. On acting in the film, Mojo says, I think life in wrestling helped me out and gave me a solid foundation. We're in front of the cameras in the wrestling world, especially WWE, you know how many HD cameras are pointed at us in every single direction while you're doing your matches, getting a match 15 minutes before you perform and getting a script two minutes before you go live on air and, and be expected to memorize every word on the fly. Thinking gave me a big leg up. I remember when the stunt director handed me my scene, I only had to watch it one more time before I had the whole thing memorized and ran with it. They were blown away. You get one shot and sometimes one read before you go out there and do your thing, so I was pretty ready. On WWE's promotion of films, their talent is associated with, Mojo says, I don't know how much promotion WWE did for Sasha Banks when The Mandalorian came out. I think they kind of kept that separate. Sometimes they're all, they're all, all, they are all over it. Sometimes they don't do anything with it. There were a lot of things happening behind the scenes, too, over this past year, then, then the release came. I'm looking forward to post-WWE life. Mojo says, I was just so excited to be able to leave the company and do anything I wanted to do and revamp myself. For a long time, I was kind of stuck in the same spot. No matter how hard I tried and no matter what content I put on TV, no matter how happy they were with it, I always kind of pigeonholed, so it's time to grow and diversify and learn a few things. I just turned 35, so the clock is kind of ticking 
on starting a new industry. I'm just happy. The timing couldn't have been better. A month after getting released from WWE, it gets announced that I'm in the new G.I. Joe movie. To me, that's the best time ever. Now I can take advantage of all this promotion and buzz, enjoy it, and be part of it where if I was wrestling, I would be locked down 24-7, unable to really do anything to promote the film on my own accord. So, of course, congratulations, of course, to Mojo here, of course, as he, of course, like I said, we'll be, you'll be seeing him in the new Snake Eyes movie coming out here soon. <sighs> Our next story here just now popped in from Jeremy Thomas uh, in reference to something that took place last night. As Nick Gage was was interviewed, as he says that he'd rather die than lose to Chris Jericho. <clears throat> Nick Gage is giving his all this week against Chris Jericho at AEW Fight for the Fallen and said that he'd rather die than lose. A cameo Gage did for a fan was posted online on Thursday after the deathmatch wrestler who revealed that Fighter Fest Night 2 was Jericho's opponent last week. But you can see the video right here on this page in which the fan asked about next week's labor of Jericho. Gage said, per Fightful, you're asking me about the pain maker. Well, guess what? I don't give a F what his name is. It could be Chris Jericho. It could be pain maker, pacemaker, or whatever. I'm going to, I'm going to go in that ring, and I'm going to leave that ring with a weapon in my mother effing hand with blood dripping off of it. Because I'd rather die in that ring than to lose to that MFR. I'm going to represent all my deathmatch warriors out there, but I'm going to carve him up from head to toe. So when the, that pain maker looks in the mirror every day, when he wakes up, he's going to know that the god of this crap did that to him. You know what it is? It's MDK all MFing day. Of course, <clears throat> uh, Brandon from New Jersey posted this on his. Uh, Twitter account at 5:42 p.m. Eastern Time here, uh, here today. Of course, asking that. Of course, obviously asking that question. <laughs> uh, let's see. Our next story right here, folks. Jeremy Thomas posted this story today, as Peacock adds WWE old school content, also WrestleMania's greatest moments, and more. Peacock is continuing to ramp up their WWE additions to the platform with the addition of the WWE Network's old school category and more. The service has added a ton of more content today, including the old school content that includes the Madison Square Garden, Boston Garden, and more live events ranging from 1973 to 1990. Also added, by the way, our ECW House Party from 1996. Villains of the Squared Circle, which was a tape from Coliseum home, home Video back in the day. Xavier's Arcade Challenge Pilot, also WrestleMania's Greatest Moments, and also the June 17, 1999 episode of WCW uh, Thunder. So you, so you definitely will, of course, be able to go and, uh, and of course, check that out here as well. Jeffrey Harris posted this story today as AEW Fighter Fest Night 2 draws over 1.1 million viewers. It is the third biggest audience in the show's history. Ratings and viewership climbed up once again for this week's Fighter Fest Night 2 edition of AEW Dynamite. Brandon Thurston of WrestleNomics reports that last night's TNT broadcast drew in, 
an average overnight audience of 1.148 million viewers. This marks the third high, highest audience in AEW Dynamite history. Viewership was up from last week's audience of 1.025 million viewers. Ratings in the P18-49 key demo were also up from last week. AEW Fighter Fest Night 1 drew a 0.44 rating in the key demo, which is up from last week's rating of 0.40 for the first night of Fighter Fest. Additionally, this is the highest rating for AEW Dynamite since the December 9, 2020 episode, which drew a 0.45 rating in the key demo. Last night's show was held at the Curtis Colwell Center in Garland, Texas. AEW will continue its live touring next week with Fight for the Fallen at the Bojangles Coliseum in Charlotte, North Carolina. The show will be broadcast live on TNT. You can check out Brandon Thurston's tweet, of course, about this. If you wish to, if you wish to, of course, uh, check that out. Our next story here, folks, Joseph Lee has this story as AEW applies to trademark the first dance. Papa reports that AEW has filed the trademark to term the first dance for entertainment purposes. I'm not sure what this is going to be, um, what this is going to be, but uh, but that's that's that, that's just a small heads up. We'll let you know if we have any more details about that. Joseph Lee posted some spoilers for the uh, taping results of next week's AEW Dark and AEW Dark Elevation. AEW taped next week's AEW Dark and AEW Dark Elevation before and after last night's AEW Dynamite with Pac and Chuck Taylor set as the Elevation main event. Here are the results via Fightful. The AEW Dark Elevation show, which of course will pop on on the 26th. Jungle Boy defeated Mark Quinn. Thunder Rosa defeats a local competitor. Angelico defeated Marco Stunt. Yuka Sakazaki defeated Amber Nova. Luchasaurus defeated Jorah Joel. Scorpio Sky defeated Fuego Del Sol. Tay Conti and Chris Statlander defeated Maddie Rinkowski and the Bunny. Lee Johnson defeated Luther. Brock Anderson, Billy Gunn, and Colton Gunn defeat three lo- local wrestlers. The Lucha Brothers, Ray Phoenix, and Penta L0M defeat the Dark Order, who is Allen Angels and 10. Eddie Kingston defeats Sir Pentico. Wardlow defeats Bear Bronson. And Pac defeats Chuck Taylor. The AW Dark Show intended for next Tuesday. Here are, some, here are the results. Red Velvet defeated Alejandra Leon. Abaddon defeated Killer Kate. Diamante defeated Big Swole. The Dark Order, who was Evil Uno and Stu Grayson, defeats two local competitors. Also, Dante Martin and the Varsity Blondes, who, of course, Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr., defeat Ryan Nemeth and the Acclaimed, who, of course, is Max Caster and Anthony Bowens. Talking about impact here now, Joseph Lee has this story, as apparently Kira Hogan announces that she is finished with Impact Wrestling. In a post on her OnlyFans account via Wrestling Inc., Kira Hogan announced that she has left Impact Wrestling and finished up her run at the most recent tapings. She wrote, what's up, babies? I'm in Nashville for tapings, and you guys will be the first. You know, this is my last Impact tapings, and I'm going to see what else is out there for me. I'm so excited and scared, but I know whatever I choose to do, I'm going to be the best, and that's and that's all in the period. Of course, Hogan is a former two-time Impact Knockouts Tag Team Champion with Tasha Steeles. 
She first signed in 2017 and then re-upped her deal with a multi-year contract in August 2019. Presumably that deal runs out next month. Our next story right here, folks, Jeremy Thomas, of course, posted this story uh, yesterday as WWE is reportedly still views NXT as a developmental brand. Triple H has been vocal about the fact that he views NXT more than just a developmental brand, and that's how the Tuesday brand is seen by WWE, according to a new report. Journalist John Alba reports that sources in the company have told him NXT is officially viewed internally as a developmental brand and not the third brand that Triple H and others have called it in recent times. The game has often said on media calls and in interviews that he doesn't view NXT as developmental and has pointed out how talent like Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, Charlotte Flair, and others have spent time on, on the brand as well as how some talent are able to be big names in WWE without even leaving the brand. By the same token, talent for more commonly moves from NXT to Raw, SmackDown, and WWE caused a lot of raised eyebrows when NXT champion Karrion Cross lost to Jeff Hardy on Monday's edition of Raw in a fairly short match. Of course, John Alba posted on his Twitter account, sources in hashtag WWE tell me that hashtag WWE NXT is officially viewed internally as developmental rather than the third brand as uh, Paul Levesque, Triple H's team, has promoted over the past few years. Of course, you can read more on this on at the LTG podcast. Uh, you can check that out here, of course, here as well. That's off his Twitter I mean, account as well. And one more quick story here, folks, before we move ahead to our uh, history and birthday reports. Jeremy Thomas posted a story yesterday. As Velveteen Dream was briefly booked for an indie show, but he was pulled soon after. Velveteen Dream's comeback tour remains a dream for now after he was booked for an indie show but was pulled soon after over some backlash. SWF Wrestling announced on Wednesday that the NXT alumnus was set to appear at their September 11th show called Home Sweet Home. The booking quickly drew condemnation online over the long-standing allegations of sexual misconduct levied against him by underage boys both in April of 2020 and then again in June of last year during the hashtag speaking out movement. Dream has denied the allegations against him and was released by WWE in May. SWFY owner Rob Fury said the announcement that Dream's booking was canceled. Uh, he says the following tonight we announced that Velveteen Dream will be apparent would be appearing at our home sweet home event. I believe any man that can be slandered and have been through other situations in my life unrelated but untrue. After careful consideration, Dream has been removed. And of course, this came from SWF Live's Twitter account uh, today um, from, of course, the owner and founder of SWF, Rob Fury. So, so it is, of course, a shame that Velveteen Dream won't be making an appearance there. But hopefully, like I said, at some point down the road, they will be, of course, they will be, of course, obviously, uh, hopefully, maybe reconsider sometime down the road. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it there with some wrestling news and views here, of course, courtesy of, as always, once again, of our friends at 411 Mania. We also, of course, give kudos to our 2017 Hall of Fame News Tag Team, King Ice. Which, of course, Ken W.O., Gerard T. Smith, and the Iceman, Jared D. Girolamo, 
They bring you all the news that's fit to print here in the WWS radio network. And of course, in the, in the, <coughs> of course, <coughs> of course, if the news doesn't fit, they always, as, as always, of course, find a way to make it fit. And of course, in GTS's case, super glue and duct tape. And of course, that is an old fashioned combination. And we have never, by any stretch of the imagination, ever decided to uh, change that at all in the past six years. I do see, ladies and gentlemen, that we have someone coming in, of course, to get our uh, wrestling and pop culture history and birthday report. Let's go ahead and introduce him, of course, here right now. He is a two time WCWS Hall of Famer. He is part of the team that brings you WCWS Raw Radio every Monday afternoon right here, of course, on TalkShoe.com. He is a multiple-time title holder in our Trivia Championship Series. He is also, of course, the founder of the Gross and Stuffless Pro Wrestling Incorporated Facebook page. And, of course, a man also that does tell like it is, of course, not just in history and birthdays, but, of course, can also tell like it is, of course, around the world of wrestling as well. Let's go ahead and bring him in here right now as he gets our wrestling and pop culture history and birthdays posted. He is, of course, the human suplex machine, the one and only John Gross. John, we welcome you, sir, to episode number 313 of Wolfpack. Thank you very much. And I apologize for how I sound. I have not been, I have not been well since I've been home. Um, I'm not sure what has happened. But I'll do my best to try to hang in there tonight here with you. <coughs> but uh, thank you for, of course, being here. Let's go ahead and read what he's got on tap here for us here for tonight. On the state in 19, and of course, we start with the wrestling portion. On the state in 1996, Farouk makes his debut to attack Ahmed Johnson. On the state in 1997, Ultimo Dragon defeated Lord Steven Regal for the WCW World TV title. On his date in 2001, one of the WWF's most notable and historic pay-per-views took place in Cleveland, Ohio, which of course was in, which was of course known as Invasion, featured wrestlers from both WWF, w, I mean, yes, WCW and ECW, and it was a pivotal event in the in the Invasion storyline. The event drew the highest pay-per-view buy rate of 770,000 in North America for the WWF in a non-WrestleMania event. Of course, as you know, Chavo Guerrero from the Alliance defeated Scotty Tuhati from the WWF in a pre-show match. Edge and Christian from the WWF defeated Lance Storm and Mike Awesome from WCW. Earl Hebner from the WWF defeated Nick Patrick from WCW with Mick Foley as the guest referee. The APA from the WWF defeated Chuck Colombo and Sean O'Hare from WCW. Billy Kidman from WCW defeated X-Pac from the WWF. Both championships were not on the line for both Kidman and X-Pac. Raven from ECW defeated William Regal from the WWF. Chris Canyon, Hugh Morris, and Sean Stasiak from WCW defeated Big Show, Albert, and Billy Gunn from the WWF. The Jerry from WWF defeated Taz from ECW. 
Rob Van Dam from ECW defeated Jeff Hardy from the WWF for the WWF Hardcore title. Chris Stratus and Lita defeated Tori Wilson and Stacey Keebler. Team Alliance members consisted of the Dudley Boys, Rhino, Booker T, and DDP. Defeated Team WWF members consisted of The Undertaker, Kane, Chris Jericho, Kurt Angle, and Stone Cold Steve Austin, with apparently Stone Cold turning his back on Team WWF. to say in 2002, the DX reunion between Triple H and Shawn Michaels was short-lived with Triple H turning heel and attacking Shawn Michaels. <coughs> also on that night, RVD defeated Jeff Hardy in the latter match to unify the European and Intercontinental titles. Also understand 2007 at WWE's Great American Bash in San Jose, California, Hornswoggle captured the WWE Cruiserweight title. On this date in 2019, WWE held a reunion special of Raw from Tampa, Florida, and where various legends and stars had short-lived reigns, short-lived reigns with the 24/7 title. It included Pat Patterson, Candice Michelle, Gerald Briscoe. <coughs> Kelly Kelly, Alundra Blaze, Ted DiBiase, Drake Maverick, and R-Truth. Of course, happy 24th birthday to Blake Christian. Happy 26th birthday to Maki Ito. Happy 34th birthday to both Fondango and also, of course, Thunder Rosa, who just signed with AEW. Also, Happy 42nd birthday to James Mason. Today would have been the 63rd birthday of the late David Von Erich. Today would have been the 98th birthday of the Hall of Famer, the Fabulous Moolah. The 
But ladies and gentlemen, we have, of course, a big birthday. And what better way to talk about it than this man, of course, right here. Let's see who John is referring to. That'd be 56th birthday to former WWE champion, intercontinental champion, uh, European champion, world heavyweight champion, tag team champion, Grand Slam winner, 1995 and 1996 Royal Rumble winner, founder of the Generation X, and also 2011 Hall of Famer. I'm talking about the one and the only, the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. He was born on July 22nd, 1965 in Chandler, Arizona. He was raised in a military family and spent a brief part in England, but grew up in Texas. As a child, his real name, of course, Michael Sean Hickenbottom, disliked the name Michael, so they just called him Sean. Ever since... <coughs> And ever since then, he has been referred to as Sean Hickenbottom, moved around since his father was in the military. At the age of 12, he performed a wrestling routine in his high school's talent show, complete with fake blood. He had already he had been he had already been an athlete at the age of six. He played football and was a standout linebacker at Randolph High School. On, on Randolph's Air Force Base and eventually became the captain of the football team. After his graduation, he attended Southwest Texas University. I realized that college life wasn't working for him. He would pursue a career in professional wrestling. Hickenbaum trained under Jose Lothario during, of course, during his training process. Hickenbottom coined the name Shawn Michaels. John Michaels made his wrestling debut on October 16, 1984 in the NWA and debuted for WCCW in January of 1985, which was the NWA territory in Dallas, Texas. He and Marty Jannetty defeated the Batten Twins for the NWA Central States Tag Team titles. We would lose him back to the Battens in Kansas City. 
Michaels returned to Texas to wrestle for Texas All-Star Wrestling. During that time at TAS for Texas All-Star Wrestling, Michaels replaced Nick Kanitsky on the American Breed Tag Team, teaming up with Paul Diamond. Michaels and Diamond were both awarded the TASW Tag Team titles by Chavo Guerrero Sr., and the dude was renamed American Force. While in TASW, they feuded with the Japanese Force. At the age of 20 in the AWA, he made his national-level debut as Shawn Michaels, Shawn spelled S-E-A-N. At the age, <coughs> okay. <coughs> he and Jannetty reformed as the Midnight Rockers as they captured the NWA World Tag Team titles. Defeating Doug Summers and Buddy Rose for those belts. In nineteen eighty seven, they signed a contract with the WWF, but was fired two weeks later for a bar incident. Eventually, they would return to AWA, winning the titles for the second time, but eventually re-signed with the WWF a year later, and where they were known as the Rockers as fan favorites. The team proved popular with both children and women, and was a mid-card stalwart of television and pay-per-view shows for the next two years. Their first pay-per-view appearance would be at the 1988 Survivor Series, where they were part of a tag team elimination match. And also, they would headline the 1989 Survivor Series as they teamed up with Jim Neidhart and the Ultimate Warrior to take on Bobby Heenan's team. On October 30th, 1990, the Rockers unofficially captured the WWF Tag Team titles over the Hart Foundation as Nyhart was in the process of negotiating his release from the company. The match was taped with the Rockers winning the titles, but after Nyhart came to an agreement and was rehired, they were returned to the Hart Foundation. Rockers continued their partnership, but in the end of 1991, troubles were brewing between Michaels and Janetti. 
just when it looked like the two were working things out on Brutus Beefcake's barbershop. It was the most infamous betrayal heard around the world on December 2nd, 1991, which did not air until January the 11th, 1992, where when Michael super kicked Gennady and threw him through a plate glass window. Turning him heel for the first time, and also eventually becoming known as the boy toy. Michael's first singles pay-per-view match would be at the 1992 Royal Rumble for the vacated WWF title, and where he and Tino Santana eliminated each other. Michaels would have some sensational Sherry as, their, as his, his manager. Sherry would be the vocal point in, in his entrance, in his interest theme as well, with her singing the opening chords to the song "Sexy Boy." In November of that year, Michaels would capture his first singles title, which is the Intercontinental Title, over the British Bulldog. And also headlined the 1992 Survivor Series, a face-off against Bret Hart for the WWF title, in which Bret officially won the match. In 1993, Michaels would dump Sherry while he was still the Intercontinental Champion, and he would feud with Marty Jannetty, who had warned, wanted his revenge for what Michaels did to him a couple years before. At the, Royal, at the Royal Rumble, Michaels would retain the title against Jannetty and also retain the title at WrestleMania 9 against Tatanka. Tatanka did win by DQ. On May 17, 1993, Jannetty would re pick up the Intercontinental title over Michaels, but Michaels would get it back when he had help from Michaels' new bodyguard, Diesel. Diesel would be brought in to the WWF by Shawn Michaels' bodyguard, as Shawn Michaels' bodyguard. In September of that year, Michaels was suspended for failing a drug test. In storyline, Michaels was suspended and then and, and thus stripped of the Intercontinental title. where Razor Ramon would be declared the current Intercontinental Champion by defeating Rick Martel in a 20-man battle royal.
Michaels would return with the Intercontinental title, the fake Intercontinental title, and that would signal a feud between him and Ramon in 1994. At the 1994 Royal Rumble, Michaels lasted in the final four, but was eliminated by Lex Luger. At WrestleMania 10, in a ladder match on March 20th, 1994, Michaels raised a bottle for the Intercontinental title to see who was really the true Intercontinental uh, champion. And in the end, it would be the bad guy that captures the belt. Michaels would take time off from the ring as, as his bodyguard, Diesel, stepped up to take the Intercontinental title fundraiser, Ramon. Diesel would team up in the summer to regain the tag team titles over the head shrinkers, but Michaels accidentally cost Diesel the Intercontinental title at SummerSlam 1994 over Razor Ramon. In 1994 Survivor Series, Michaels and Diesel's relationship fell apart, and Michaels accidentally super kicking him again, turning Diesel into a face. And thus, splitting the group, and also vacating the WWE Tag Team titles. Three days later, Diesel picked up the WWF title. In 1995, Royal Rumble, Michaels became the first man in history to win the Royal Rumble at number one, eliminating the number two entrant, the British Bulldog. The win earned Michaels a title shot at WrestleMania 11, and thus a body, also in a bodyguard in the form of Psycho Sid. Michaels was originally scheduled to be led to the ring by Pamela Anderson, but Pamela Anderson disappeared on the show. Nowhere to be found, so Jenny McCarthy would be Pamela's replacement, but Diesel would have a manager of his own, and it turned out to be none other than Pamela Anderson. Diesel retained the WWE title, WWF title, excuse me, over Michaels. After the match, Michaels praised Diesel and said there would be a rematch without Psycho Sid. That made Psycho Sid so distraught and angry that he attacked Michaels and he powerbombed Shawn Michaels three times. This eventually turned Michaels back into a face 
On July 23, 1995, Michaels recaptured the Intercontinental title for the third time over Jeff Jarrett. And was successfully win a ladder rematch over Razor Ramon at SummerSlam 95. The duo of Michaels and Diesel would reunite to win the tag titles over Owen Hart and Yokozuna, but Michaels and Diesel only held the titles for one day. In October, just weeks before he was set to defend the Intercontinental title against Dean Douglas, Michaels was viciously mugged and attacked in real life by a bunch of a bunch of uh, Marines. On October 23, 1995, Michaels was forced to relinquish the Intercontinental title. He would return to the 1995 Survivor Series in the wild card match. The team up with Ahmed Johnson, British Bulldog, and Psycho Sid to take on Owen Hart, Razor Ramon, Dean Douglas, and Yokozuna, with Michaels, Ahmed, and the Bulldog becoming the sole survivors. The next night, when he took on Owen Hart, though, Michaels collapsed. and was taken to the hospital. Speculation ran rapid that Michael's WWF career was originally over. At the 1996 Royal Rumble, he proved them all wrong and won the Royal Rumble from the number 18th position. Michael's culminated his boyhood dream of capturing the title over Bret Hart on March 31st, 1996 in a 60-minute Ironman match at WrestleMania 12. Michaels held on to the WWF title for eight months, retaining the title against the likes of Diesel, British Bulldog, Bader, and also Mankind, but lost the title to Psycho Sid at the 1996 Survivor Series. In 1996, of course, in 19, also in 1996, Michael's friends Diesel and Razor would leave the company with Michaels and Hemsley staying in the WWF. In 1997, Royal Rumble, Michaels recaptured the WWF title for the second time over Psycho Sid. But on February 13, 1997, Michaels was forced to vacate the title due to an injury. Michaels would return to action later that year to team with Steve Austin to win the tag, the tag team titles. But he was suspended due to a real-life fight with Bret Hart. 
After Michaels returned to the company, he turned heel by inadvertently hitting The Undertaker with a chair and screwing him out of the WWF title. Michaels would turn heel for the first time since 1995 and would do some uh, strip teases in the middle of the ring. This led, of course, to the formation of D-Generation X, consisting of Triple H, the late China, and the late ravishing Rick Rude. The between Michaels and Undertaker would come head-to-head -head at the Hell in Cell match at Bad Blood in one of the greatest matches of the new generation era, in John's personal opinion. Just as Taker was about to celebrate the victory, the lights went out. And Kane showed up with Paul Bearer and also Tombstone, his brother, giving Shawn Michaels the win. On November 9, 1997, Michaels was part of the Montreal fiasco when Vince McMahon rang the bell on Bret Hart, giving Michaels his third WWF title. Michaels continued to stay on as champion at the 1998 Royal Rumble when he, of course, when he was facing The Undertaker in a casket match. Uh, Michaels took a bump into the casket with Michaels injuring his back in the process that would send him into retirement for the next four years. Despite the injury, Michaels retained the title again with help from Kane. WrestleMania 14, Michaels would lose the title to Stone Cold after the match with Mike Tyson knocked, Mike Tyson knocked Shawn Michaels out. Michaels underwent back surgery and despite not wrestling, made WWF appearances and even becoming the commissioner in 1998. But, but in real life, he dealt with drugs, drinking, etc. In 1999, he married Nitro Girl Rebecca and had a child with her. Drinking and the drugs were too much to overcome for Sean that he did, in fact, seek help, and he became, once again, a Christian. In the year 2000, Michaels gave up his commissioner spot to Mick Foley. And would still make some appearances until 2001. Good Lord, John, you got a bunch here. 
but on June 3, 2002, Michaels returned to the company as a member of the NWO. and would begin to wrestle once again with his back being healed. At SummerSlam 2002, he defeated Triple H in a non-sanctioned match and would recapture the World Heavyweight title in the first ever Elimination Chamber match until losing the title in December. In 2003, he would be with Chris Jericho at WrestleMania 19. The two put on a heck of a match with Shawn Michaels winning it, winning that match. <sighs> Michaels would continue to be with Triple H in 2003 and 2004, and even some of his stable members. In 2005, he would be involved in high-profile feuds involving both Kurt Angle and Hulk Hogan. Michaels would lose both pay-per-view matches at WrestleMania 21 against Angle and at SummerSlam against Hogan. In 2006, Degeneration X consisted of Michaels and Triple H reunited once more to make the McMahon's lives a living hell. The reunion was short-lived as six months later, was short-lived six months later as Triple H would be injured again. And Michaels would be back on his singles role in 2007, challenging for the WWE title. At WrestleMania 24, he would end the career of Ric Flair and also face The Undertaker in two WrestleMania matches in, at 25 and 26, with The Undertaker winning both of them and also thus forcing Shawn to retire at WrestleMania 26. Shawn was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2011 and would continue to make sporadic appearances, even be a, being a part of the end of an era match between The Undertaker and Triple H at WrestleMania 28. Sean would wrestle one more time in 2018 with Triple H to take on The Undertaker and Kane at Crown Jewel with DX winning the match. Now John is going to bring us some pop culture history and birthdays because obviously John did say we are indeed, of course, pressed for time. <sighs> Sorry about that. John says, here we go.
On this date in 1893, America the Beautiful is written in Colorado. In 1916, a bomb explodes during the Preparedness Day parade in San Francisco. Uh, killing 190. Um, John, what's the 10 mean that you just typed? I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> um, oh. Killing 10 people. Okay, I'm sorry. Thank you, John, for clearing that up. On the stage in 1923, Walter Johnson becomes the first me- first player to reach 3,000 strikes- strikeouts. On this day in 1955, Richard Nixon becomes the first United States Vice President to preside over a cabinet meeting. Also on that same day, the Phillies beat the Cardinals 5-3 to extend their 11-day winning streak. I want to say 1959, the movie Plan 9 from Outer Space, which was called the worst movies ever, one of the worst movies ever, uh, premieres. On a state in 1969, a singer Aretha Franklin is arrested for disturbing the peace. On a state in 1975, the U.S. House of Representatives vote to restore citizenship to General Robert E. Lee. On a state in 1991, Jeffrey Dahmer confesses to killing 17 men in 1978. On state 1993, Don Manningly hits his 200th home run. <laughs> On state 1994, O.J. Simpson pleads absolutely 100% not guilty of murder. On this day in 1997, Greg Maddox throws a complete game with just 76 pitches.
On this day, 1999, the Woodstock 99 Music Festival begins through July 25th. It's attended by 200,000 people, but it ends due to violence. I'm sure just like the one 30 years ago from that did. On this day, 2016, Hillary Clinton announces Tim Kaine as her vice presidential running mate. On the same 2019, the movie Avengers Endgame becomes the world's highest grossing film, overtaking the movie Avatar, earning $2.9 billion. Happy 8th birthday, ladies and gentlemen, to the son of, uh, I believe it's Prince William and uh, Duchess Kate, uh, Prince George. Happy birthday to him today. Today would have been the 81st birthday of legendary game show host Alex Trebek. Of course, uh, and then of course everyone knows Alex Trebek did make a, a, a wrestling appearance, of course, on March 24th, 1991 at WrestleMania 7 as a backstage interviewer and as a ring announcer for the Slaughter Hogan title match. Um, happy 57th birthday, of course, to actor and comedian David Spade. And Trebek was also, of course, backstage with the legend, with the Hall of Famer, Jake Snake Roberts, and also, of course, Damien as well. Happy 75th birthday to legendary actor Danny Glover, of course, best known for the Lethal Weapon movies and a lot of other great movies, of course, as well. movie the hills have eyes was released on this date in 1977 the show the tv program the daily show premiered on this date in 1996 of course eventually right as of right now the daily show currently is being hosted by trevor noah On the same 2001, Dale Jarrett wins the race at New Hampshire. On this date in 1990, Jeff Bonine wins the race at Pocono. John says, so he's got today for the Wrestling and Pop Culture History and Birthday Report for today. John, thank you very much. As always, we do thank our friends at 411 Mania for providing us with tonight's wrestling news and views report here as well.
10.19 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, ladies and gentlemen. This is Thursday, um, July 22nd, 2021. This is episode 313 of NWO Wolfpack. <coughs> Mr. WWS Chad Henshaw here, of course, here with you, as well as the human suplex machine, John Gross. We do have a couple of gentlemen that have been standing by here and been waiting ever so patiently. Uh, and... Of course, uh, there is an announcement I am going to make once I bring them on uh, because this is something of extreme importance. So first, uh, we're not, I'm not going to go down, of course, through the regular introductions that I normally do because really at this point right now, I am not really, I am not really well. I could go down at pretty much any moment. So ladies and gentlemen, let's go and bring them in here, of course, here. Uh, Bring him, of course, in here right now. Let's bring in the Iceman, Jared D. Geralmo, and, of course, the Stone Man, Justin Lewis Fleming. Je gentlemen, welcome to Wolfpack 3. Hey, Chad. Uh, thank you very much, and, of course, thank you for your patience. Uh, of course, here, apparently we did not know that Shawn Michaels was going to have a lengthy uh, history, but apparently, uh, we, <laughs> but, of course, happy birthday to him. Um, before J.D. and Justin... Get going here with, of course, I'm going to have some stuff here that they wish to bring up. Uh, first off, I'm going to, I am going to before they, before they get going here, I'm going to go on ahead, and I'm going to bring you, of course, the updates that I did promise, of course, for the for the poll matches on the pay-per-view prediction center page, and then we are going, I am going to. To I hope, of course, JD, John, and Justin will definitely understand this. That if you can come up with a couple of brief thoughts and opinions as to what happened last night at AEW Fighter Fest, I'm sure y'all have been listening throughout the entire program. Apparently, I am not at 100%. I have almost fainted at least three times since being on the show. And of course, even I got started. I got started with I got started with the show late because I was a little bit slow in getting everything going. But what I'm going to simply ask JD, John, and Justin to do is to give a couple, uh, two or three quick thoughts about tonight's. I meant last night's AEW Fighter Fest Night Two, and then after, and of course, Brian, of course, let me of course get the poll matches updates here first, and then y'all do that, and then. I'm afraid, and I'm going to make this up to Justin, if I can ask him to bring his uh, additional wrestling and pop culture history and birthday report here tomorrow night on Revolution. Um, I did not know that I was going to end up feeling this way, but apparently the heat down here apparently has been, has been kind of really taking its toll on me. And I tried my very, very hard to stay as cool as I can, but unfortunately, right now, it's difficult for me to do so. So let me go ahead and let's take care of that stuff in that order, and then I will, of course, let y'all give y'all thoughts about last night's AEW thing, and then we're going to go ahead, and I'm, and I'm sorry to have to do this, but I am going to go ahead and end tonight's show after y'all get your stuff in the table. So I apologize in advance. So because I don't think I can re be able to stay on for another few minutes. 
but I think I can. Well, you know what? I'm gonna say I'm gonna save my thoughts till, if it's okay with you guys. I'm gonna save my thoughts till tomorrow night. However, so that's if that's okay with you guys. Okay. Well, I mean, and I'm sorry that we've had to go that route, but unfortunately, I'm not sure. That's what fine. I mean, it's no big deal. I mean, I can wait till tomorrow night because uh, I can wait another night because uh, I'm sure you were uh, playing to hear this. Okay. Yeah. There you go. All right. Thank you, there, JD. I'm. I'm. That's a, that's a laugh. I definitely. That's a laugh. I definitely needed a little bit, but. But like I said, let's go ahead and take care of this right fast. First off, here the NXT US Million Dollar Championship number one contender match. Currently, JD is leading the voting in that right now with three votes, followed by Justin with two and Mitt with one. The NXT US Diamond Mine Championship, Antonio Gutierrez has three votes. William Banks has not yet received any votes. Uh, the WWUS ICO Pro Championship, George Palmarino, uh, John and Mitt have not received any votes here as of yet. Byron J. Brain currently has two votes. And the Ace of Spades, Jordan Stoffless, has four. The NWA US High Voltage Championship, currently we got uh, Sleepy Martins and Todd Robinson not, have not received any votes here as of yet. But JD, Justin Carter, and Krista Shark Palser have received one vote apiece. Robbie Thomas currently has two votes. The NJPWS King of Sports Championship, which Justin is defending against Michelle, Currently, Michelle is leading Justin right now, three votes to one. And the AEWS Road Rangers Championship, Richard Selby is leading the Heartbreak Kid Fonzie, three votes to one. But we'll give you the official results of all those matches and determine who will be, of course, walking out with those belts tomorrow night on episode number 1019 of Revolution. Um, so be sure to, of course, you can still, of course, vote between now and, of course, uh, and, of course, up through Revolution tomorrow night. So be sure to, of course, get those votes in here today so we can go definitely get those counted. Uh, John did mention one quick thing here about uh, Fighter Fest. He said Fighter Fest 2 was a good show. Moxley and Archer, the main event, stole the show. But really, other than that, it was indeed a good show. Uh, JD, you did say you would wait till tomorrow on Revolution to give your thoughts about this. Um, Justin, your thoughts here about what happened last night at Fighter Fest night 2? It was good. I liked it. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Has anything else have anybody? Does anybody have anything else they wish to add? No, uh, I do have a good finishing uh, thing that I think everyone's gonna enjoy tonight. Let's just say very unique. However, but okay. uh, if you chance, uh, we can tell you now. CM Punk. It looks like more and more is official. If you will, however, with AEW. CM Punk is now officially in AEW. Possibly. Yeah. Oh boy. 
Well, I heard Thunder Rosa was. I read a story. Yeah, all Daniel Bryan last night became official too. So apparently AEW is swapping them up. She got buried. She got buried by Dion. Thunder Rosa got buried. Six hours ago, CM Punk to AEW is a done deal. Oh my goodness, that's going to be some good wrestling right there once the Especially in Chicago. Wait till yep. a lot in Chicago. That place is going to go ape. And then I talked to uh, Shaq yep. after the, the show last night. That place is going to Yep, you're going to have the place go crazy. And then Shaq and I were talking. Again, I did talk to Shaq about this last night offline. There has been talk. Hopefully he will get a chance to uh, get tickets for this. But of course, we all know that there's been talking about apparently, however, that... Uh, Daniel Bryan will show up in Queens at the Arthur Ashe Stadium, and they're expecting 25,000 people for that. That's going to be a blowout right there for AEW, my personal opinion. Big time. Yeah, we're definitely going to be watching out for that, and we'll definitely keep you up to, te- up to speed with everything going on here, of course, and all of our wrestling stories here, folks. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, and I, once again, I humbly apologize here for having to d- take this route, but due to, of course... Uh, a sudden, uh, a sudden lapse. Apparently, on my part, unfortunately, I have had to, of course, back off from um, from completing the remainder of the show here tonight. But we did get, of course, did get some good history in here tonight. Uh, JD did, of course, report several things. I did report several things. Uh, John and Justin gave their thoughts about Fighter Fest last night, and JD will give his tomorrow night on Revolution. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you very much for listening to episode number 313 of Wolfpack. Mr. WWS Chad Hinshaw hereby thanks the Iceman Jared D. Duomo, the Human Suplex Machine John Gross, and the Soul Man Justin Lewis Fleming for, of course, coming on tonight as we brought you, of course, wrestling news and views. John brought you, of course, history and birthday report. And also, of course, we did uh, get a couple of thoughts here about last night's edition of Fighter Fest. And, of course, unfortunately, due to, of course, um, health reasons on my part, I've had to, of course, call off the remainder of the show with apologies, of course, to my crew here tonight. I wouldn't have done this if I if I was going to, I was going to try my best to go forward. And apparently I was, I was just not, apparently I'm just not up to speed. I'm not sure what's going on. But I will, of course, be resting the rest of the night. And I hope that I will feel better in time for, of course, Revolution tomorrow night. <clears throat> but, of course, I have to be because I have to go to work tomorrow and all that, too. So, uh, Wolfpack episode 313 is a broadcast of the WWS radio network right here, of course, on TalkShoe.com, where we are, of course, uh, six years older and continuing to be bolder. The radio network continues to be and will forever remain your wrestling connection. We'll talk at you tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, tomorrow, of course, now, uh, J.D., or, or now, now, I happen to notice here, that y'all did an episode of Sports Machine today. Are you doing one tomorrow? No, no. We've gotten our uh, in today. We had ours in today. Oh, okay. It was a good show. If you get a chance okay, to write so on it, it was pretty good. It was pretty good today. Me, Min, and uh, I def- uh, Shaq were on today. I'll definitely take a listen to that. Thank you very much here. So tomorrow it will just be, ladies and gentlemen, episode 1019 of Revolution, 138055 pound coming up at 9 o'clock. I will keep everyone informed as to, of course, my situation. And if I am still feeling like this, I may have to make some, some alterations and changes. I'm not sure yet. But we will. I will, of course, post and keep everybody informed about all of this. But I should be okay. All of this need is just a little bit of rest. 
And of course, a little bit of a cool breeze, and I should be a-okay with no problem. But I'll keep everybody informed about this as well. Check out all of our pages, of course, here on Facebook, and also all of our past episodes of all of our shows on Talk Shoe from 2015 up until, of course, today. <clears throat> and of course, since 2015, you're a source for everything in the world of pro wrestling, pop culture, and everything in between. This is, of course, the WCWS Radio Network. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the Iceman has has something uh, to close out Wolfpack 313 here for us. JD, let's see what you got. Okay. Before we aired, we want to tell you this is a very unique closer, and I think we're gonna. I haven't used. I haven't used this one yet, but I think everyone's gonna like it. Usually we always have fun with jokes and laughs and little funny blurbs. This is kind of a funny one, but also a serious one. If everyone remembers the show Frasier back in the day with Kelsey Grammer, however, you know where I'm going with this. And if you don't, however, I think you'll enjoy it. Frasier, of course, recites the end of the show after 11 years, one of his favorite poems by the late great poet, Lord Alfred Tennyson. It's entitled Ulysses. Let's just say he has quite a bit to say in this poem, so definitely take a listen and let me know what you all think. And if you like it, we might be able to keep it for a little while, a good while, and we might be starting to use this poem more often. Here's what he had to say at the end of his uh, run after 11 years on his show. He closed up shop in his final episode. Maybe gulfs will wash us down. Maybe we shall touch the happy isles. Though we are not now that strength which in old days moved earth and heaven. We are. Made weak by time and fate. But strong in will. Drive. Seek. Find and not to yield. I've been thinking about that poem a lot lately. I think what it says is that while it's tempting to play it safe, the more we're willing to risk, the more alive we are. In the end, what we regret most are the chances we never took. I hope that explains at least a little this journey on which I'm about to embark. I have loved every minute my KACL family, to all of you. For 11 years, you've heard me say, I'm listening. Well, you were listening too. That I am eternally grateful. Seattle. Take care and God bless, folks. Thank you very much, there, JD. Very, very unique, of course, indeed. This is, of course, the WCWS Radio Network.